Welcome to Reading the Book of Mormon with Ryan. And today we are going to be doing, this is episode two, and we're doing the testimony of the three witnesses and the testimony of the eight witnesses. Now we have a very special guest, and his name is Rance Wright. He Ooh. is, thank you, Rance. <laughs> and he is an entertainment uh, performance coach here in New York City. Now, Rance's stance on the church is he's inactive, moving towards post-Mormon, and he finds himself on the LGBT scale as gay. Am I wrong? Did I no, say anything in you're your... totally right. You're totally right? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go ahead and dive right on in okay. to... Uh, do you want to read first, or do I want to read first? It doesn't matter. It's up to you. Um, we'll have you read, because you have a lovely voice. Oh, thank you. We're reading uh, the testimony of three witnesses, correct? Correct. Alrighty. So, here we go. I have not opened this book in such a long time. So, here we go. Be it known unto all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people, unto whom this work shall come, that we, through the grace of God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, have seen the plates which contain this record, which is a record of the people of Nephi, and also of the Lamanites, their brethren, and also the people of Jared, who came from the tower of which hath been spoken. Sorry. And we also know that they have been translated by the gift and power of God, for his voice hath declared it unto us. Wherefore, we know of of a... What is that word? Surety. Surety. Oh, I see. I haven't written it. I have not written it in a long time. There is literally, uh, it's scratched out. So this is an old, old, old Book of Mormon. Uh, of a surety that the work is true. And we also testify that we have seen the engravings which are upon the plates. And they have been shown unto us by the power of God and not of man. And we declare with words of soberness that an angel of God came down from heaven and he brought and laid before our eyes that we beheld and saw the plates and the engravings thereon. And we know that it is by the grace of God, the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ that we beheld and bear record that these things are true and it is marvelous in our eyes nevertheless. The voice of the Lord commanded us that we should bear record of it. Wherefore, to be obedient unto the commandments of God, we bear testimony of these things. And we know that if we are faithful in Christ, we shall rid our garments of the blood of all men and be found spotless before the judgment seat of Christ and shall dwell with him eternally in the heavens. And the honor be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, which is one God. Amen. Oliver Cowdery, David Whitmer, and Martin Harris. Do you want me to read eight, or do you want to continue reading? Why don't you read? Okay, the testimony of the eight witnesses. Be it known unto all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people unto whom these words shall come, that Joseph Smith Jr., the translator of this work, has been shown... Shown unto us plates of which have, have been spoken, which have the appearance of gold, and as many of the leaves as as the wait, 
and as many of the leaves as the said Smith, the translated, wait, that has translated, he did handle with our hands, and we also saw the engravings there thereon, all of which has the appearance of ancient work and curious workmanship, and his and this we bear record, which words of soberness and and said Smith has shown unto us, and he and we have seen and hefted and known of a surety that the said Smith has has got the plates of which have spoken, and we have given our names unto the world to witness unto. Uh, the world, wait, unto the world that which we have seen, and we lie not. God bearing witness of it. Christian Whitmer, Jacob Whitmer, Peter Whitmer Jr., John Whitmer, Hiram Page, Joseph Smith Sr., Hiram Smith, and Samuel H. Smith. Okay, I prepared for this and actually practiced reading this whole thing, and I still stumbled through it. I feel like the the wording here is very um old old yes. old English. Like due to texting and things like that, I think I've gotten dumber. <laughs> um so when I read through like as I've been like preparing to do this episode and other episodes, I'm like I feel like I've gotten just dumber just because of the way the English is written. Well, and I had to while you were reading, I had to look up a word, hefted. Yes, I looked that same one up. Like asked, oh yes, hefted, which means to carry or to lift. I think. And I feel like to me, I had a lot of stuff lift that, I, yeah. And I was like, I feel like this, uh, when I was preparing for this, and you and I in previous conversations, uh, over several years, like have talked about carrying things, and I was like, ah, oh, this is gonna be such a good conversation with rants. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that. And there was a couple other things to me that stood out, and I was like, um, I could see rants being good at this uh, section of uh, the Book of Mormon. Mm. Yes. Um, I love that. So let's go ahead and start with you and some of your impressions of how do you think this affects you directly as someone who is in active moving towards post-Mormon? Ooh, so um, when I was, so this summer my family uh, and I went up to um, to see the home where it all happened, to see where Joe Smith received. In Palmyra? In Palmyra, New York. Oh. And uh, we were there this weekend for a because fa- you know they're getting rid of the Palmyra pageant in like a year. So you, so if you want to see it, you should see it soon, or see it next year. It's last year. It's going to be done. So I think it's last year, or maybe this year was last year. I don't year. know. I did Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I remember hearing someone mentioning that it's going away, but I totally forgot that it's going going away. away. Yeah. <laughs> so my family. Uh, you know, for family reunion, we did an entire Palmyra trip, and then went up to uh, went up to Canada uh, to see where my father uh, went on his mission. So, um, and did some stuff up there. So, um, what was was funny is like you know, of course, I want to be around my family. Of course, as the gay uh, the gay brother and the gay uncle um, and the gay son, I wanted to be 
you know, I wanted to be around my family and, you know, of course, bring my partner Greg along with me. And um, so, and my family, by the way, are really great about it. I mean, it took a long time for them to connect to the whole connection, but um, they're great about it now. So we went up to Palmyra and while we were in Palmyra and we were listening and, you know, I mean, they retell this story and all the stories like 7,000 times. So no matter where you're at in Palmyra, New York, the story is told over and over and over and over and over and over again. Like you could just gone to one of the sites so and you would have been okay. We went last year. Yes. And we went to the Hill Camorra and that's it. Yeah. Went to the Hill Camorra and then we went to a Chinese uh, restaurant and then came back to the city because we were like, oh, we're done. We're done. Yeah. We're, we're done. So, 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 like, the sister missionaries at the Hokimura <laughs> Center were like, do you want to see anything else? Would you like to? We can point you to the fastest directions. And we were like, uh, we're going to drive, not walk, to the top of the hill where the monument is. Yes. Take a few it. pictures. And then we're going to live. Yeah. And they were like, are you sure? And we were like, no, 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 dear. No. We're perfectly all right. Yeah. Continue, Rance. Continue. So, so of course, like, we're told this story. We went to the Grove. We ended up going to every... Oh, we went to the Grove, too. That's yes. The, all the it other places. I will say, I will say, the Grove is beautiful. It's stunning. It's a beautiful space. And, and, and for what it means for a lot of people, you can definitely tell, like, there is a lot of heart there. There's a lot of soul there. It's real. It's a really beautiful space. But I will say, I will say, having to hear this over and over and over and over again gave me so much anxiety. Like, I can't even tell you. As a gay man, like, I think I'm just at the point, perhaps, where I'm just frustrated with... I'm so frustrated with the church, right? So my, 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 so hearing stuff and hearing stuff that now I'm, I don't really believe anymore, right? Having to hear over and over and over and over again was a lot. So my thoughts on this, how does this relate to me? Uh, well, at this time, um, I, I mean, I don't know that I, that I, I don't know that I believe it. I don't know that I, I don't know that I, that I understand um, its direct correlation to me as a gay man, its direct correlation to uh, people, and especially this old English. I mean, this old English just seems like it repeats things over and over and over again. To every nation, kindred, tongue, <laughs> they both theme. start kind of the same way. Like, unto nations, kindred, tongues, people, unto whom the wor- work shall come. And it's like... Uh, they both start almost identically if you look at them. Right, right. So, I mean, like, there's some parts of it to me that I'm like, um, why didn't it, why isn't the eight longer than the three and the three, like, why is the eight so short? Or is it because they were like, well, we're going to basically write the exact same thing as these other people. So I'm Gretchen Wieners and Regina George has already told you what she's going to say. So... Gretchen Wieners is just going to keep it shorter. Or I'm almost wondering if, you know, Joseph Smith or Martin Harris, whoever's writing, you know, whoever's creating sort of these things, pre-wrote both of them to be similar 
And since they already had the long version with the three, they probably just made a shorter version to associate for eight more people. Um, I mean, if I was running a business, that's probably how I would do it myself. So, you know, I'd make sure that, like, um, it was well-read, well-written out. Um, um, I want to connect more to this a little bit, though. Like, I mean, I don't want to, like... My goal is not to be to to diss the church, like you know, it does I, it does a lot of good for a lot of people. I don't think anyone that's part of this podcast is trying to diss the church, but as LGBTQAI people, like we all have different experiences, and I think that the way we relate to the scriptures is all different, and I think that some positive, some negative, some blah, you know. Right. I mean, I could probably. I mean. Uh, and I know that I'm going to be speaking outside of what I just read probably quite a bit, but one thing that I've noticed is my relationship to the scriptures, um, I think dwindles more by every time, you know, every time that I understand that it's somehow related to, um, what's happening to the gay community right now in the church, which isn't a lot. And um, if anything is hurtful. So every time I read these words, they are less spiritual to me or less godlike to me because they're somehow in relation to what the Mormons would consider God's church. And Ugh. so for me, it's, it's um, the words become less valuable or less important. And, you know, as a young man, who was struggling with identity or trying to find his identity when he was younger, uh, trying to figure out where I, where I place myself. Um, I, I found myself, you know, I found myself to be much more connected to this work, um, or believed in, did I believe it? Because, you know, I served a mission. I did all those things. I went on a more mission. I, uh, where'd you go? Detroit. Oh, and you're going back to Detroit soon. I know I'm going to a ta- I'm teaching at a uh, talent expo. I'm gonna invite a guest there, Ooh. so I'll talk more about it at the end of our podcast. But... Perfect. Yes, but um, no, I I I just find myself, um, realizing that that there's less, there's less there for me. Um, you know, it's funny. It's funny. Uh, um. I'm going to share something with you real quick, if you don't mind. So I had a very lovely conversation yesterday with uh, a member of the church who lives in Arizona or New Mexico. I don't Mm. remember. She called me. Anyway, Katie called me and she was like, so blah, 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 blah. And we're talking about the church. And I was like, I really have a hard time with a lot of the general authorities right now. And then she was like, well, how do you navigate as a gay person in the church? And I feel like right now in the church, you have people that are like, love the gays. And you have other people that are like, burn them at, burn them at the stake. And it's like, ah, uh, it's very confusing. And it's a very mixed message. And it's very clouded in the way that they swing their message. And she's like, I don't understand. And I was like, imagine your daughter coming in because we're getting ready for Halloween in a couple of weeks. And she's like, imagine your daughter coming in and being like, I want to be a dragon. 10 minutes later, she says, 
I want to be a cupcake. Ten minutes later, she says, I want to be a Spider-Man. Ten minutes later, and she does that all the way up. Every ten minutes that she's awake, she changes her mind until the day before Halloween. What would you prepare for on the day before Halloween? And if you don't have the right costume, she's going to be upset. And I said, as a gay person, as a gay man myself, I said... I find it very confusing, but I know that for myself, through my personal revelation, is that um, I believe the church is true, and I believe that God loves me, and I feel like the costume, this part is, the church is not clear about, and I don't think they understand it through mortal eyes yet, and it's hard for a lot of people, and even for myself sometimes, but... It's how I have to process it. Yeah, I would, I would say they're very detached from the spiritual understanding of what the gay community means. Um, I, I'm leaving the church uh, pretty much because I, because I don't see their spiritual um, relationship. I just don't see it for the gay community. And for me... Um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny hearing you say, I believe I'm, I'm a firm believer in the church. I'm just like, sitting yeah. I know. Well, you know what? You're way more firm than I am. And honestly, I sit there and I, and I hear you say it and I go, how can he believe? And, and, and it's, and it's, and it's not a, it's not a, it's not me like blaming you for believing. It's, I mean, I know you pretty well. I know you pretty well, right? I would agree to that. Yeah. And I would say, I would say, you know, I mean, how you are living in a married relationship and with a partner and still going to church and considering it true. I mean, for me, it just, it, it feels so like out of place, especially with our leaders right now. And I, I mean... I don't want to be one that says, you know, I hope, you know, I hope the first whatever go, but I don't think we're going to see really any great change in the church for the LGBTQ community until the top 12 are out or at least the top six or whoever is in the, some of those people are gone. We're not going to see because the youth, those who are younger are finding our, are finding themselves to be more actively connected more actively a part of the gay community. Unless, of course, they're raised by bigots, you know. Then, of course, that won't be... That will be harder, you know, because, you know, we do have that going on for us in America. But I do think... <laughs> really? <laughs> but I do think that... Um, I do think that... That, you know, I think most of the youth and younger members of the church are more apt to to listen to the higher spirit, I think, and listen to the higher spirit and understand that the gay community has a very important role in the spiritual progress of the earth. I mean, I believe that. I, I am right there with you. The only, the big thing for me is that, uh, we're about to take a break, yep. but the big thing for me before we go there is that, um, you said something that was really like kind of like the gay community has an important role. And I, I agree with that a hundred percent. 
And I feel like for myself, I'm setting up an example for the next generation of gays who will be better than I am. And it's like, if we don't set uh, examples for the next generation, and that's the big reason why I'm sticking around, is that um, I don't want, if I can make it easier on the next generation and the next generation after that, they might be full members of the church because I feel like we're looking at eternity through a keyhole and so we can't see everything. Um, anyway, we're gonna take a break right now and then we will come back in just a second. Welcome back to Reading the Book of Mormon with Ryan and we are with Rance Wright and we're gonna get Rance's perspective on what we read and if you're just joining us, which I hope you are joining us, is that we read the testimony of the three witnesses and the testimony of the eight witnesses. Now, how does this apply to you, Mr. Wright? Well, you know, I was looking through it um, and just reread it again. Gosh, this is the most reading I've had in the Book of Mormon in like 10 years, probably. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. I don't know if I'm thanking you or I'm like... You are. You are. And I will take it that way. <laughs> So, um, so I keep reading obedience and, um, so forth. And there's, if there's something that I personally connect to in this, which I don't connect to a lot, but if there is something I connect to is, is the obedience part. I mean, much of my life was driven through obedience. I mean, ask my mama, ask my daddy, you know, I was a very obedient kid. You know, and so I, I understood what it means. I, I would assume that a lot of gay individuals who grew up in the church were probably also very obedient um, in a way to be, like, subservient to their church and their family and a lot of stuff. And I think, um, I think there is this uh, need. So, I mean, I think... Or behavior- try. Because for, for first myself, I tried so hard to be obedient. Right. I wasn't very good at it, but I tried so hard. Oh, I, I that's the thing. is like, I was so good at obedience that like, when I, when I got, how old was I? I mean, I, I went wild in my thirties and then in my twenties and thirties because I was, because I was so obedient early on and in a lot of ways, I wish I hadn't been. I wish I would have been a little bit more wild in my youth, so that way, I would have that would have all gotten out of my system before I got any older. But yeah, touche. It is what it is. So um, obedience for me is probably something that I I see there, and I also see. I mean, we talked about it in the first section, but I also think that like the obedience, you had a lot of people. Um, at this time who were searching for something and once they've attached themselves to something they became obedient to it. Um, I'm just touching it so it doesn't go to sleep. Oh, okay. I was, like, I was like, what are you doing? You want no, me to no, pointing no, at no, something? No, I'm just, I just don't, <laughs> I just don't want the recording device to go to sleep. So I'm just like, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not like pointing out anything. Like, I'm sorry. By the way, um, <laughs> He just tried to point at the uh, device, 
and the device, and I was my like, phone. so confused. We're recording this on my phone. Yes, and Ugh. I didn't. I didn't want it to be. I was like confused if he wanted me to like focus anywhere. Or on no, any I just scripture. don't want my phone to go to sleep. I'm sorry. I love. That, I'm sorry. First off, I love that we're having this fit over your pointing. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a dirtbag. You're just not a my, dirtbag. Just ask my husband and <laughs> Jensen and Dustin and John. And they will testify that the witnesses that I'm a dirtbag. So, so anyway. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of other people that would also say that. So. I, I don't think anybody thinks that of you. Oh, okay. actually, I know that there are people that mm. would say that. Because... Girl, I doubt it. Oh. I doubt it. I, I doubt it. Ready for this? Are we ready for stories? I don't want those type of stories. I thought we were talking about this. But the thing is, like, this is, this is, I think, pertains to this, is the idea of witness. Is that, so last November, I don't know, I think you know this, is that last November, um, our state president called me into his office and was like, hey, check it out, come to my attention, blah, 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 blah. We're thinking about excommunicating you. Come again? Come again? So... We met with uh, state president several times, I think three or four times. And then, like, we met in January, March, a beginning of March. And he was like, we'll meet mid-April. And I was like, perfect. And he was, like, trying to explain to me, like, well, if we put witnesses together. Like, he's very pro-LGBT because he was getting pressured from a multitude of people to do something. And so I feel like you have all these witnesses Telling him to, like, do, do something. Yep. And he's like, well, if I can get witnesses on your behalf, it counters acts what this type of thing. And so I feel like um, both he and I were in a, in a hard place. And then, lo and behold, like, the whole time I talked to him, it's like, it didn't feel right to him. It didn't feel right to me. Or the oppression that I got from him. I can't speak for him. He's not here. But um, the impression I got from him is that he didn't feel like that it was right. And then, um, blah, 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 April 4th happened, which was when the church announced, we're not going to excommunicate gays. And I think that's the last time I talked to him as I sent him a text message saying like, yay, now you don't have to do anything. My state president loves emojis. It's the weirdest thing. That's hilarious. It's so weird. It's hilarious. So, so I have to tell you something. So, this type of conversation he's brought up was brought up to me about five years ago, six years ago. And it was a bishop, I will not mention which bishop, um, but it was a bishop who really had it out for the LGBTQ community um, up, in, up in the ward that you and I both were in for a while. And... Um, and I, and what was funny is when this person started having this conversation with me, I said, I said, see, this is why I don't believe. Because God wouldn't excommunicate with me. Excommunicate me. You know, you know what excommunication means? Excommunity. Why would God try to detach you from community when you're trying to heal? Like, that's not even a phrase that should be used in the church anymore. Excommunity. Excommunication. If, if, if we're really trying to heal people, if we're really trying to change people, it should be like healing time or some other name, but it should not be like X community. There's a couple, there's a couple communica- institutions where excommunication is okay. That's when they're like 
molesting children and things like that. Absolutely. Like, so but that, like but a gay thing? Yes, thank for, you. And and thank like you. and and also like other things that are related to that. It 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 it, it is so I just told him I said I, I was like this. I said, "Look. I was like if you feel this, I, I, I said, I am going to tell you this. I have actually no interest in coming back to the church. So, like, if you want to excommunicate with me, why? Like, I, I would only go to excommunication stuff if I actually wanted to come back. But I don't. So, guess what? Your desire to excommunicate, excommunicate me is only going to push me farther away from you. So, if you're wanting me to be a part of this this church and be connected to this community which right now feels very weaponizing to me and very evil to me yes that's how i felt as well is because the conversation for me during the thing is is that well it's not me that's bringing it up it's a it's a it's a this person that's bringing it up and they keep driving it to me and um i don't want to say like there's a lot of things it's like about it is like why do we want to kick people out of the church for doing things like, for example, anyway, that's not what we're talking about here today. We're talking about the three witnesses and this isn't, oh, but like, but like, but but like, but like, again, witnesses, like, like why, why put someone who is, is who they are? Why are they being punished for it? That's the absolute asinine thing I've ever heard. And I don't even know. I just made up a word, I think. But like... Asinine? Asinine. I don't know. I think I've heard Trump use it. <laughs> uh, we won't go there. Uh, but anyways, um, I, uh, I just... I just feel like, you know, as... Again, back to obedience... As much, as much as like the, the gay Mormons of the church try to be obedient, right? Yeah. We're being weaponized and attacked and hurt and like pushed away and shoved out. And like, I'm like, and, and my, my favorite is when members of the church or the leaders are like, we want you to hear. I'm like. We, you want me here? You don't want me here. You want me here? You don't want me here. Pick a side. Yeah. Like, let me let me be a part of this. I, or, or I'm just going to run away, and then I'm going to, like, block everyone else out from the situation, because that's how I feel now. I feel like no one, no one who is gay should participate. No one in general who believes, sorry, who, be, I'm getting frustrated, who believes in a, who believes in a, group of people in a church that actually counters the purpose of love is not something I'm going to be a part of. So for me, yeah, for me, um, I feel like it's hard to, um, for like, like I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying for me and the ward that I participate here in New York city um, that you used to come to, I find it a very loving word. Like when I go to church functions, like I go to church on Sundays, my husband does not. When I go to activities, um, my husband does come like the Halloween party, the Christmas party, Easter, blah, blah, pioneer day, blah, blah, blah. Anytime that there is an event at church that is not a Sunday event or general conference, he'll come, he'll come, which is really nice. And everybody knows him and I don't have to pretend to be, um, uh, anything that I'm not. They all know he is my husband. They all know that we are married. They all know that 
we are a family unit and people talk to us and it's very it's very nice we had a general authority come to our ward and uh one of the 12 and Tao came to just see what the big deal was um and there's a few people in my ward I can tell you right now that are not happy that I am in our ward and I can point you at them out and I can say them by name but at the same time they're like we want you here but we don't want you to be a member so it's like then why would I come if you don't want me to be here and in that situation it's like how do we how do we as gay people you know balance that kind of you know dichotomy of you want me here but you don't want me here like pick a side and I feel for me is that I have the witness of my ward family I have the witness of the spirit that I feel about my own personal revelation for myself and I feel like I I have the uh, the scriptures that tell me like this is all good there's a few bad eggs out there and there's like I don't believe everything and I don't follow all the rules clearly as I'm drinking a giant diet Dr. Pepper Oh, no word of wisdom. I know. Actually, they said that's not the case anymore. Caffeine's really? fine. Yes. Oh, I have... They Ugh. now put it on BYU's and BYU now. You can now really? get real soda mm. on BYU campus. How about that? At least that's what I was told. I could be lying there, but I think that's what I was told. Okay, so I don't follow the church's politics on anything else other than gay rights. Because I follow that because it's important to me. Because... Caffeine is delightful, and I've been drinking Diet Dr. Pepper for years, and that's why my teeth are shitty. But, um, anyway, back to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, um, yeah, I guess for me, uh, you know, witnesses, like, if we're looking at witnesses, like, the three tops of the church, right? The three people who are currently at the top, which I don't even know. The three. I know there's two of them uh, right now. I don't Uchtdorf? Actually, he, actually, he's okay. I actually don't mind him. I, it's Oaks. I can't, I can't find any connection to. He Same. really, he really is anti-LGBTQ in a he's big way. He's openly anti-LGBTQ. Like, he's like, Without saying, like, I hate the gays, like, everything he does and says is like, I hate the gays right. so much. His actions are very anti Aggressive towards us. Yeah. And, and honestly, if, you know, if we look at the Book of Mormon and we see these three witnesses, right, and now those three witnesses are now what we have in the church, I really can't believe, right? I well, really can I no think... longer believe if they represent the, if they represent the higher source of relation to God, because... I, I personally know I have a relationship with God. I feel like I'm deeply connected with God. I believe I have a relationship with God as well. Right. I believe that, as I've mentioned earlier, is that we're looking through eternity through the keyhole and we're expecting three people to kind of like, well, 15 people to like kind of like divinate out to us what they see. And I think some people are very openly aggressive towards us. Some people are mildly aggressive towards us. And other people are like, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to get in trouble. And so I feel like if we all are meant to be the same, that sounds like somebody else's plan and not Heavenly Father's plan because Heavenly Father's plan wanted us all to be different. And I think there was another plan that wanted everybody to be the same. 
And that's what we chose is to be, have agency. And I think the witnesses all had the agency to, to sign their three names or their eight names to these things and to confirm that these are real things. And then it's our agency to believe or not to believe. Yeah, I am. Um, that was really convoluted. Yeah, but I. You know. Traumas and people's past definitely filter into the way that we are as humans, right? Ooh, I feel like you're going to talk about something you hefted. And so. That I lifted, yeah? You hefted. And. and when we look at these leaders, right, we're looking at their past histories. We're looking at their traumas. We're looking at their relationships or what they were taught by their parents and by their grandparents who, um, who, have, who have histories, if not hundreds of years of like hatred towards a community that they simply would not allow themselves to understand. And so now we're at a point in social media in like, in the world where we now see that the gay community has a much stronger and healthier purpose on this earth and this world and eternities. And we have these older individuals who are still looking through the lens of their traumas or their past histories. And the problem that we have with that is they can't really connect a higher source, sorry, but they can't really connect a higher source on teachings about the LGBTQ community when they have their own histories related to that. And so a true person who's going to change the church is going to be someone who doesn't have any sort of discontent towards the LGBTQ community, whether that was taught to them or whether that was, you know, um, enlightened to them at some point, but it has to be someone who actually doesn't have those traumas related to them. And I'm sorry, but these three individuals, these 15 individuals right now, from what I can tell, do not have the correct lens for the LGBTQ community. And and that won't change in the next 20 years. Oh, no. And so they currently do not represent or do not stand for or do not speak for God for the LGBTQ community in my specific thoughts. I do not see them as my leader or our leaders. I I see them as our leaders, but I feel like for me, like it's hard for me to, to like listen to them about LGBT things. Well, again, what I, what I just said was they are not, they are not God's spokesperson for the LGBTQ. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 That's what I mean. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I get behind that. I get behind that. Yeah. So you speak, you, you're speaking about what you believe in the church but I'm speaking of like they are currently not God's spokesperson because they have too much history related to that. They have too much damage, trauma, associations, parental guidance that is related to their to their listening spirit. And I'm sorry, but if we're going to like believe as them as leaders, yes, they may be leaders for they may be leaders for the the church. But they are not leaders for the LGBTQ community members within the church. Because right now they're doing way more harm than they are support and love. And there is a 
whole lot of healing that needs to happen and the members need to be participate in that and the church leaders need to participate in that the head of our church needs to needs to speak for that and right now he doesn't and he hasn't and they're not going to and i need them to because right now they need to be better about being that spokesperson okay one really quick thing this is gonna be funny uh right before we go to break is that so uh I was reading an article in, I forget if it was Deseret News, or I need to find out where it is, and then I'll post it probably on the Twitter or Instagram for uh, reading the reading uh, the book Mormon with Ryan. But I was reading through it, and it said that they had met with hundreds of active gays before they made the uh, announcement um, in April. And for myself... I know of four active gay couples, and none of them got met with by any of the leadership of the church. And then I know a bunch of semi-active gays in Utah, which will probably end up on the podcast, um, and none of them were talked to by leadership. And the lowest number of hundreds would be 200, and I know a lot, and... I just want to know where these hundreds of gays that were talked to by general authorities are. So we're going to take a break and then we'll come back and do the last section. So because I'm dumb and I don't know how to do things correctly, this is Ryan with reading the Book of Mormon with Ryan. I am regrettably here to say that um, the third segment with Rance Wright um, I accidentally deleted. And Rance had some beautiful comments that I am very sad to have accidentally deleted. If um, in the future Mr. Wright wants to uh, do another episode with us, we would love to do another episode with him. But uh, hopefully I'm not as stupid as to delete it. Now, as you know, we did talk about uh, the witnesses, the eight and three witnesses, and we compared that to for the gay community because in the third section, we like to talk about how the scriptures compare directly to the gay community. Well, what we did talk about, what I talked about, was that in the time and place of when this happened, um, you had being gay wasn't a thing, but saying that you were a Mormon was a thing. So the comparison of like declaring what you are and who you are as a person uh, was dangerous. And so saying you were a Mormon was dangerous for the time period. And I compared that to early um, uh, LGBT things where people, when they would come out, it was a dangerous, it was in both situations, it could be life threatening even. And how on both sides, We've had people killed because just they were gay and or Mormon from different groups because gays and Mormons have both been persecuted in this country. Well, then I continue that with um, what I said next was that how this kind of was an early day uh, coming out story, but a coming out as a Mormon. Rance made a really funny comment about how this was an early idea of Facebook coming out. I was like, mind blown, mind blown. And so I was like, that's really funny. But another thing is, is on right now is here we have two, two groups of people where 
fundamental beliefs are strongly being um, guided one way or the other. And it's very difficult for groups to see the positive in each other. So it's kind of hard for me to listen to both groups talk negatively about the other one when I see there's so much good. And then you see hashtags like gay boy or hashtag Mormon boy or hashtag gay pride or hashtag LDS pride and how there's a lot of pride in and of itself of being from these both groups, how there is a pride and a need to come out to the communities about who we are as people, what we believe in and who we are as people. So there was a long conversation about how the parallels of coming out. And I, again, I'm so sorry that you didn't hear some of the wonderful comments that Mr. Wright had about uh, the parallels to being gay and inactive or heading towards post-Mormon and how the this still is kind of parallel to his life. Um, I try not to say things for him because that's not what I'm trying to do and I apologize for that. But um, at the end, Mr. Wright did say if you ever wanted to contact him, you can contact him at his website, which is the right way, W-R-I-G-H-T, way way.com he also has an instagram and a facebook page again sorry for deleting it i swear i'm gonna get better at this technology stuff i swear um but we if you do want to participate in the future with uh reading the book of mormon with ryan i would be glad to hear from you just go ahead and contact us at uh pioneerprojects82 at gmail.com Thanks for listening, and I swear I will get better at not messing things up.